Welcome. I'm Melissa Durda, and this is Scenario's Cultivate the Soul podcast. Stories of purpose-driven philanthropy from around the world. Over this series, we explore together the intersection of contemplative practices, spirituality, philanthropy, and social impact. Join us as we dive into the personal journey of each guest and what they have discovered about the role of inner work on one's capacity to change the world. To learn more about each of our guests and view our full episode list, please visit synergos.org slash podcast. I am Vuslat, Vuslat Doğan Sabancı. I'm the founder of Vuslat Foundation, and I cultivate my soul by making art, and I do sculptures. Welcome. Today we're joined by Vuslat Doğan Sabancı. Vuslat is a civil society and business leader and a prominent voice on human rights, gender equality, and freedom of expression in Turkey and around the world. For over 20 years, Vuslat served at Turkey's leading newspaper group, Hurriyet Publishing. Highlights from her time there include serving as chair of the board of directors and initiating the No to Domestic Violence campaign to advance the social empowerment of women. More recently, Vuslat has founded the Vuslat Foundation, a global initiative that fosters a deeper appreciation of listening to oneself, to others, and to nature as the essential element of all of our connections. Vuslat's full bio is available on our podcast website. So Vuslat, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. So to get us started, I'd like to ask you to share with us a memory or a story from your life that was instrumental in shaping your view of what matters. I grew up in a media family. My father's passion was media. And ever since I know myself, we were in media and in a very politically charged environment because Turkey has always been, especially in my childhood, very destabilized politics. Uh, we had a coup in every 10 years. We had a new government in every two, uh, two years. So it was very uh, politically destabilized. Uh, I think I was 13, 12, 13 years old. One Sunday morning, I woke up to see myself alone in the hall. I was super excited because having four siblings, it was a very busy family environment that I grew up. So the home was for me. I was relaxing. Everyone had gone somewhere. All of a sudden, I got a phone call from a journalist working with our publication newspaper. He passed away, a very prominent journalist. Alarmed, super anxious, scared. He, He asked for my father. I said, he's not here. Then we don't have mobiles or anything. What's going on? And he explains me within seconds that because of an interview that's published in the paper, in an interview that he did with the Kurdish leader, the army sees the distribution of the newspaper. And I was trying to make sense of it. I hang up the phone. I can't find my parents, but the phone does not stop ringing one after the other. I was super young, but I still could put the pieces together and understand what that means for a country, for society. Years later, fast forward 20, 30 years, I am the publisher of a larger newspaper now, Hurriyet. 
I get a phone call at midnight from the headquarters saying that it's raided by a group of people because they're opposing to some of the, they're showing their reactions to some of the news we were publishing and the police was not around. So I now know, now putting the pieces together, the whole story, why freedom of speech, but freedom at large has been such an important matter in my life. I always thought freedom, we have to give a fight for freedom to get freedom. But then I will come in our conversations where I am today. But that is the story. I think one of the main stories that shape my world views. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, wow. It's amazing the sense we have even as young children or adolescents around what matters. And freedom was something that already was touching you at that age. Luslat, over the last several years, as you know, Peggy Delaney and I were traveling quite often to Turkey, and we had a chance to get to know you and, and learn about the work that you're involved in during that time. And my sense from my getting to know you is that you feel a deep purpose in life. So my next question is to ask you, is that true? And what would you say your purpose is? And how did you come to know your purpose? Great question. It started with freedom. I thought the pursuit of freedom was the most important thing in my life. That changed how I pursue freedom changed over time. So for a long time, for a large part of my career, I thought media was the most important thing for giving freedom, opening spaces for good conversations, opening spaces where we can voice the unheard. And I really valued that. Today, unfortunately, the state of media has come in the world, not only in Turkey, does not permit that, especially with the digital, with the social media and the digitalization. It's not about good conversations. It's not about giving space for the people who do not have voice. It's not about cultivating that space, but it's about wanting to hear only our, our own voice, not tolerating the other and so forth. When I realized this, I took a sabbatical. Without knowing what I would do, I just knew that this wasn't working anymore. So what I wanted to do was still be in spaces that I can connect to other views, I can talk to other people and really connect, but it wasn't, media was not working, was not doing that anymore. Just intuitively, I started, I embarked on a set of listening journeys and I went and listened to people outside of my comfort zone. I listened to fundamentalists. I listened to the men who have shown femicide and so forth. And those journeys, which I now realize were generous listening journeys, embarked me on my new passion, which is cultivating true, authentic connections with each other and with ourselves. Well, first, I love your term, generous listening. It's so needed in the world. It's not easy to do sometimes, but it's something that can be learned. So this work that you're doing around that space is so important. I want to also explore with you something I read that you said around listening to yourself. So first, I'll just I'll read you this quote that I loved. You said, my expedition to explore those who felt distant and foreign resulted in a fearless inner journey where I discovered how to listen to myself with curiosity and generosity. So 
as you were on this listening journey, listening to others, you also listened to yourself. And what was it that you learned when you did that? First of all, it didn't start out of curiosity. It started with a trauma I had. There was, again, a political trauma around accusations and so forth. And I needed to stop to pause life. And up until then, I was super caught up in my mission that I had no room for listening to myself. It has been years that I hadn't, I hadn't been writing it in my diary or making a long walk in the nature or so forth. But that kind of forced pause to life, a space for me to listen to myself. And once I started doing the listening journeys and then realizing what I see in other people's life, reflecting on, on it for me personally, really reinforced that need and curiosity. And I realized I was harsh to myself. I realized there were parts of me which I really neglected to listen. And I realized that as I gave more compassion to myself, more tolerance, understanding and empathy, I was also more empathetic to people around me. Mm -hmm. And that's why in the new journey, I really do believe the supportive force of the two inner and outer a lot. And I think nature is a very important, integral part of it. Yeah, that's beautiful. So as you learn to listen more to yourself, to be more compassionate and empathetic, you can see the connection, how that allows you to do that to others outside of you. So let's turn to what you've created with the Vuslat Foundation. Maybe let's start, just tell me about how that came about and what you're doing there. As I said, for a large part of my career in media, it was all about creating spaces for expression, stages for expression. And that's all the world is about today now, right? We all want to talk, express, show ourselves out there. I think there is a huge need to create spaces where we can just be ourselves and connect at a deeper level. It is not about how we can multiply our connections because how many followers we have, how many people we interact with, it just makes us more anxious if we do not deepen some of those connections, which is our support system, really. Especially if we miss to deepen the connection with ourselves, the inner work. So we're trying to bring awareness to this. When I deconstruct, how do we create authentic connections? I found out a very important, crucial piece that's missing, but it's vital, which is listening with your heart's ear. That's one word in Turkish. I love that. Yeah, listening with your heart's ear, which is generous listening. That's how I translate it in English. Um, first, we need to be aware of the need for this. It's not nice to have, it's a necessity. This is what we're trying to do, show in the world, especially through academic research. We're working on creating awareness through artists and storytellers. We did our launch at the Venice Biennale under the theme of how will we live together and highlighted the importance of generous listening in that. We just launched a center at Tufts University, Generous Listening and Dialogue Center, which is going to support research on barriers of listening, how to be a good listener, and so forth. It's a huge area that has been undermined in science. But I think the most important piece is 
creating spaces and practices of listening. I believe listening is a muscle and it can be toned by exercise, just like physical muscle. And there are moments, though, in that once you start toning the muscle, you can really go deep, which you go to that aha moments or really deep connection. And so we're working on a set of practices, and that's going to be our service to the world, and we're going to improve it all the time. We're trying to cultivate that. And also, there's a lot of work that's being done already out there. We're also trying to integrate those and make them more available and reachable in the world. I love how you're doing this on so many different levels, from the art space to the research and science space, and then also creating physical spaces or spaces for people to come together. So that's so exciting to see what you've created here. And it's so important in today's world where so many of us feel divided from the other and misunderstood. So generous listening has a really important role for us to get beyond that. What would you say if we're kind of looking at today's world and tensions and philanthropy or tensions in the world, what role do you think philanthropy can play in addressing some of the problems that we're facing? I think there's a huge missed opportunity. There's a huge potential that we can own through listening. In the philanthropy world, usually the solutions are being fixated from top down. Unfortunately, there are the people in power and there are the people powerless and the powerful is going to help powerless. And they know exactly how to help. We need to change that. And we need to go to co-create the solutions. We really need to listen and empower. I think listening is the biggest facilitator in empowering those communities to come up with their own solutions, to come up with maybe a lot more efficient solutions. And in our role in the philanthropy should be to facilitate that, to share our knowledge, not to help. There is a power dynamic needs to change, but there's also an, a philosophy that needs how uh, an approach to philanthropy that needs to shift. And I think generous listening is a golden key for that, to start listening. And it doesn't only go, it doesn't only start listening to the communities. Philanthropists themselves also need to see their own vulnerabilities, need to see their own shadows in order to integrate, do the inner work, to go out to do outer work. And I have huge respect for what Synagos is doing in this space. Thank you. Yeah, that is a really core part of our work and philosophy is the inner work and how it connects to our work in the world or our outer action and our relationship with others. And I think just to touch on what you just said, that's so important in terms of philanthropy, not only in power dynamics, but how do we listen to ourselves? Oftentimes in today's busy, distracted world, we may not think that's an important muscle to strengthen. And you are such an amazing role model. And through the foundation's work, you're showing how important this is for people to be looking at it from this way. So as we look toward the world we're all trying to create, doing our work in so many different fields and what you're bringing now to all of us through generous listening, how do you imagine the future and how can generous listening help us get there? I envision strong societies, strong leaders, 
not powerful societies and powerful leaders. I think there's a big difference between strength and power. We need to shift from power to strength. Let me explain, elaborate on what I see the differences. Power is vertical. Power is taken, power is given. There's an attraction to power. Power is lost. However, strength is built up. It's not necessarily a vertical system. For a body to be strong, they need to work together. If my muscles are, muscle system, the structure is strong, they make up for each other. That is a system of strength. And we can also reflect that for societies. We can also reflect that for leaders and so forth. One of my important internal journeys was Montana retreats at Inagos. And in one of those retreats, I came to an awareness. I said, power is being able to let go. Today, I realize, I take it further and I say, there is a difference between power and strength. And we need to create a world that is strong, that can work together, that can co-create together, that is integrated. When we're talking about the wholeness of an individual, of a society, or as the universe, I'm including, of course, the nature in, in this, we're all the same, then we are talking about a system, a universe, a world that works together, that celebrates the differences, but does not push out the differences. That's the vision I have for the world. And I know that listening, generous listening, which is integrating the heart as well as the mind, has a huge role to play in, in this. It is like the rhizomes, like the mushrooms, they go horizontal roots. <laughs> it's like listening connects all these. If we go to the root cause of every single problem, how do we find the root cause without listening? From mental health to environment crisis to other rising and polarization, we talk about oversimplified solutions. We talk about super simplified thesis of what the problem is. But we really need to go to the root cause of it through listening and integrate it. That's the vision I have for the world. That's beautiful. I can see the vision with your example, with the roots connecting. And I also like with your example around the muscles or just the body, not only how each of the parts are interconnected, but also how important each of the parts are, right? You can't have one without the other for it to work. And generous listening is a key way that we can now really tap into, move things forward. Well, we'll include those links as well on the podcast website. So as we come to a close, is there anything else that you feel excited about on the work that you have coming up this year that you could share? Maybe we can talk a little bit about SDGs, because I think what UN has done, I think it was 2014, they announced the Sustainable Development Goals and gave a horizon up until 2030. They said these are the goals that the business world, the philanthropy world should orient themselves toward. So are you looking at aligning the Vuslat Foundation's work with the SDGs? So what we did, we aligned ourselves in terms of the timeline. We said we have time up until 2030. We're going to push this mission up until 2030 and hope to make a change. And I think it's been very helpful for UN to announce this, but the how part is incomplete. 
because as we, you might also, I'm sure, know that we are far from reaching those goals in 2030 in every segment, in every 18, 17 goals. I would argue that listening would create a huge leap in the achievement of those goals because the reason we are not, we are far behind is there might be many reasons, but one of the most fundamental reasons is because we do not cooperate. We still are far from cooperating, cooperating, listening, and if we can put that piece together, then there's so much effort that's being put out there, but we are not using the potential of each other. That is what I meant by becoming stronger. That's what I mean by creating a stronger system. I hope we can go in there and work with the United Nations SDG system as well as a facilitator, as a RISOM, as the horizontal rule that connects those seven, the efforts in the 17 sustainable development goals. That's wonderful. What a beautiful initiative to focus on because it's global and it touches on all those areas that generous listening connects to, which is basically all facets of our life. So for people who are interested in learning about the work that you do, maybe the resources that you are starting to pull together to create through your science and research, or even these spaces that you're creating, how can they learn more about this work? They can start following our Instagram page, which is Generous Listening. They can also go on our website, uslatfoundation.org, and we will be putting out a lot more. We will start calling everyone to join the practices, the spaces we create, and we will be also sharing the knowledge that's created around the issue with the communities we create. Buslat, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the work that you're doing with our podcast today. Thank you very much for inviting me, Melissa. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. What I love about this conversation with Buslat is that she's sharing with us ways that we can all listen with our heart's ears, how we can create authentic connections through generous listening.